Welcome to the Temple Baptist Church Podcast, coming to you from Swan River, Manitoba, Canada. This week features special guest speaker, Pat Beter. Anyway, I was kind of wondering, like this morning we got a little bit, it kind of answered this question already, but I wonder if anybody is here has had a rough day. Anybody? Anybody had a rough day? Okay, Uh, the rest of you that didn't put up your hand can go home. This sermon is not for you, okay? I wonder about the people that have had a rough week. Anybody had a rough week in your life? Yeah, what about a rough year? Has anybody had a rough year? Sometimes there's, there's periods. Yeah, well, this sermon is for you. And those of you that didn't put up your hand, I know that you're liars, so this is still <laughs> a sermon for you. Okay, I'd just like to open with prayer, and uh, then we'll get into the message that I believe the Lord wants us to hear this morning. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this day, and Lord, I'm asking you to use me, and that, Lord, you would open our hearts and minds and ears to hear what you would have to say. Holy Spirit, would you move and and do what only you can do? We love you and thank you. Amen. So, what made this bad? What made those times of your life bad? Was it the circumstances around you? Is that what made it bad? Or did it come from within? Was it something deep within you, deep in your heart, that made you have those bad days and those bad times? And how did that affect your outlook on God? What did that make you think about Him? Did it make you think that He is good, that He has your best? Or did it actually make you think God is evil and that He is maybe out to get me? And you know, I'm not looking for a right answer here. Or what do you know that you should actually say? The Sunday school answer. What does your heart say when you go through those struggles? Maybe you're going through struggles right now. What does your heart deep down in you say? Are you struggling to believe that God is good? But a Christian can't go there, right? I mean, we just sang these songs about how God is good and blessing us, right? Can they? Well, that is where I've had been the last year of my life, in that spot. I want to back up a little bit more than just the last year, and I want to back up to the last 10, about 10 years ago. The Lord did a massive work in my life, and that's what caused me to start preaching. And during that time, I surrendered a lot of things to the Lord, and uh, those things were uh, actually my family, and specifically my wife. I told God he could take her anytime he wanted, and I committed her to him the best I knew how. But you know, I wasn't really ready for what would happen a year and a half ago. My wife was diagnosed with cancer, and it hit us like a, like a bowling ball. And for the last year, I've watched her suffer before my eyes. I can see now that I needed to go deeper with my surrender. But how could an all-powerful God think this was for my good? Yeah, right. 
You know, Romans 8.28 says uh, that God works all things together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. But you know that, that verse that I memorized and said so many times, it just didn't really ring right in my ears anymore. Yes, and you know, I, I searched actually just recently about that word good in there, and it actually means good. God meant what he said there. There's no way around to get what God meant. So all that God had done for me up to this point, when you're faced with something really hard, it's funny how those things just seem to fade away. You forget about the good things that God has done. And I was left with a nagging thought of, is God really good? Well, what about your struggle, the things that you're faced with? Is God good? Is he accountable for all that we face? Is he the root cause? Is he to blame? Is God the only force at work? Well, what happened at the very beginning of it all? Right? We all know the story of Adam and Eve, right? Well, what happened? Well, Satan came along and he said to Eve, you know, why don't you eat of this fruit? And we know the rest of the story, right? They were deceived. And then God said this to Satan in Genesis 3. He says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he, which is Jesus here, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Do you realize that we have been at war ever since that moment? At war. The thief, Satan, it says in John 10, does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. He has an army with him of demons. And that's his one outlook on life. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 34, he says, do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So let's get a little bit better view of this whole war idea out of scripture. If you want, if you got your Bibles, turn with me with Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 is just exactly where that little bookmark is that you put before. It's right there in your Bible. Yeah, that's just mine. <clears throat> Revelation chapter, tw chapter 12 at the end of your Bible there. And let's read. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 5, then 7 to 11, and verse 17. And we'll just get a bit of a picture of what this looks like. Now a great sign appeared in the heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman 
who is ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. So she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. And we know that child was Jesus, right? And then let's continue on to verse 7 to 11. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world, and he was cast to earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down, and they were overcome And they were overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. And then let's skip down to verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. That's you and me who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Those that are saved. Wow, that is quite the picture, is it not? There is much happening in the spiritual realm that we can't see with our eyes, that God wants us to see with our heart. So what do we know about war? What can we understand about the wars that we've seen here on earth? Well, what I've seen, my limited little knowledge goes this, that people rally together for one common goal to win, right? That's one aspect of war that we can see. And then also, we can see it being continually put before the people's eyes so that they know what is happening on the front lines, right? So that the people back home will help bring supplies, that they will support them. Because without that support from back home, the war effort will not win, right? It's the whole bunch that caused the war to win. So you have pep rallies and recruitments take place, right? And the people are left knowing that there's a deep need to keep them focused at the task at hand. Because if you lose heart and people pull back, you're not going to win the war. Many luxuries have to be put aside. The focus is winning the war, not furthering our business, the bank account, or going on vacation, that'd be absurd, right? To go on a vacation when you're at war. I'm not talking about us, I'm talking about a real war. People realize the reality of war as time passes on when you're in amongst a war from what I've seen. I've seen that there's death, there's pain, there's hunger, there's sickness, there's fatigue sets in as the, as the troops march and march and march. There's destruction and pain and ruin. War is not pretty. It's not fun. 
I want you to think about this. Think about, just put yourself in the midst of a war. People at war do not blame God or their neighbor for a bomb that just goes off in their backyard. Would they? No. They would realize that that is the enemy. It's the enemy that's to blame. He's the one. You know, we live in a fallen world. And this is not our real home. Remember what we already said. Satan has one ambition to steal, kill, and destroy. But you say, why, why can't God control this? Well, yes, he could. He is all powerful. It's not easy to understand. And I do not have all the answers. But God's ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are not always our thoughts. And I know those, those answers have kind of made me go inside when I hear them. But you know, we as parents many times have the idea that it is best to save our kids from all harm at any cost, right? That's what we do as parents. So it's kind of natural for us to think that's the way it should be with God, that he should save us from all harm at all cost. But this is not normally the way that God works. He wants to see us through things. He saves through the trials and the trouble. He does work things together for our good. The things may not look good, but they are working for our good. He didn't spare his own son, but let him die a cruel death on a cross. But think of the good that was accomplished in that. There was no other way for that son, the son of God. The Bible says in Romans 8, 32, he says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what is this war really about? We're at war. What is it about? What's the reason? Is it just a power struggle 
between God and Satan? Is that what it's about? No, not really. I don't, I don't think that's, the, that's not the key thing here. It's a war for your heart, for our hearts. You know, you can't live without your heart. Ask Blaine, he'll tell you. That's the physical part, but the spiritual part. If our hearts are given to someone else other than God, you won't have real life. So what would you think if someone sent you on an all-inclusive vacation that ended up being smack dab in the middle of a war-torn country? And there was war breaking out all around you and you thought it was this beautiful vacation. Wouldn't you think that person hated you? But what would happen instead if that same person told you that he was sending you into a war zone and he sent you with some armor? And also he told you, I have an important mission that just you can accomplish and I need you to go there. And when you arrived, there were bullets whizzing around you over your head. Wouldn't you be way, way more understanding of what was going on around you? Satan wants you to look at all the bad and blame God. He wants you to lose heart. He wants to keep you, keep hidden who you really are. He keeps telling you, you're nothing. You're nothing. You're a loser. You keep sinning all the time. You suck. He wants you to pull back. He wants you just to step away. I'll just quit. I'll just go hide in a corner. I'll go out that door. I don't need to preach here. Just relax. Take it easy. But God wants you to trust and walk with him through it. Jesus made the way for us to do that right now and then to be with him forever. He wants you desperately to be his child. He wants you to accept and believe and to stay believing that you are deeply loved, that you have a crucial role to play, that you are special. We were made to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. So where is our heart? Where is your heart? Have life circumstances made your heart cold? Why? Have you believed lies that God isn't really good? I believe that one. That he doesn't really care? That you're just no good? War takes courage. 
which comes from setting truth always before us. Do you know the truth? We need spiritual eyes to see the real reality. We need each other as Christians. I love this shoebox video that we watched. Christians working together. We need each other. We all struggle. Talk to someone if you're hurting. Please. Talk to me after the service. Find me. Talk to Pastor Neil. Find someone. We need to stand in the gap for each other. The Apostle Paul did. What did he pray? Well, we find it in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. You can turn with me there if you like. Ephesians chapter 4. I mean chapter 3, sorry. Chapter 3, 14 to 19. This is what he prayed. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded, in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow, what a prayer. We need to see the real battle and understand our true enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not your might, His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Remember the true enemy. Remember we are at war. Fight the good fight. And don't forget that we serve a good, good father. Thanks for joining us. We hope we were able to provide wisdom and insight in your faith journey. If you would like to connect with us, you are welcome to join our service every Sunday morning at 1030. For more information, you can find us at facebook.com slash TBC Swan River. And if you would like to find more episodes of our podcast, go to anchor.fm slash Temple Baptist Church.